And welcome back once again to the Endurance Hour podcast. Glad to have you with us for episode 407 alongside Kona coach Wendy Mater Dave Erickson here. We got a lot to discuss today. Lots of great questions and topics, discussions that will follow as a result. So let's get right into it. This is from Sarah today. Sarah writes, hi, Wendy. I found you and Dave on YouTube. I'm thinking about signing up for a 70.3 next year, maybe Santa Cruz or Oregon. I've done a few 70.3s and Olympics back in the day. I have a few questions. Number one, and this is the first one we'll, t- we'll tackle here, Wendy. What equipment should I prioritize adding to my repertoire? I've got a very nice bird bike, she says, a Garmin, a basic wetsuit, but my husband has a lots of triathlon toys and trinkets that are tempting her. Pedal power, power pedals, a fancy tri bike, a Wahoo kicker, tri suit, calf sleeves, arm sleeves, aero helmet, all the fun goodies. I didn't have any of that stuff when I did these before, and I'm certainly never raced at his level. But are there any toys you think are worth getting or accessories? Wendy, a lot to take in on this one. I love this question because it makes me think back to when I started 31 years ago, and I never had that stuff either for a long time. So obviously to do a triathlon, you need a swimsuit, a bike, a helmet running shoes. You can use the same shoes on that you run with on your bike and then you're good to go. That's really what you need to use. So I started triathlon in 1992 and it wasn't until 2014 that I got a power meter. So that's something if you wanted to make an investment to purchase power meter, power pedals, I think are great. I, I've used different, a variety of power meters. Um, some friends have given me some before I purchased them on my own. And I think the power pedals seem to be reliable and cost effective and they go with the Garmin. So Garmin power pedals with your Garmin watch. Again, back in the day, I, didn't even, I think I just used a regular Timex chrono watch, never kept track of mileage, never downloaded my data or anything mm-hmm. like that. So um, I want to add to what you didn't even list is is to find a coach or a training plan. I think I think again going to investments, the best bang for your buck is going to be to find a training plan that fits your schedule, your strengths, and your limiters, or go the coaching route. And if you go the coaching route, you'll always have all your questions answered um, if you have the good coach. Do you need calf sleeves? No. Do you even need a wetsuit? Not necessarily. You know, I think wetsuits will benefit a inexperienced swimmer for more confidence and safety. I use them, um, a variety of wetsuits, depending on the water temperature. So it's good for that reason. And if you're someone who has done triathlons in the past and has not used a wetsuit, then you're probably a strong swimmer and you might not need one depending on, you know, Santa Cruz and Oregon um, are both great swims and it may be warm that you might not even use one. So my suggestion is to just stick to what you have. If it fits, make sure you try it on. And then, you know, if you really feel like you want a new wetsuit, just cause, you know, look for, look for deals and and look for options and discount codes and stuff like that. Yeah. Wetsuits are, you you use them only a few times a year, so there's not much wear and tear unless you accidentally do tear it physically. Uh-huh. So borrowing some from someone is the best bet. Same with a bike box. That's what I found too. If you've maybe travel once a year, but you have to fork down some, you know, so many hundreds of dollars for a bike box uh, because you're going to travel on the plane with it. That's like, ah, oh, darn it. There's got to be somebody in a tri club or 
a local group, go on the Facebook groups and see who's in the area that has one, maybe give them 50 bucks, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, hey, can I borrow your bike box? Make it worth your while. You know, and I used to do travel. You were saying about investments, right? Yeah, in, investments. And I'm always looking at people because there's you can invest a lot of money if you want to. You know, going back to the tri-suit, tri-suits are pretty nice. But again, you can do a triathlon without a tri-suit. You can wear your swimsuit in the swim. You can throw on a a shirt or shorts on the bike if you want to. Most people do these days. I used to do the whole thing in my swimsuit. Um, But the tri-suit would be nice. I've never had calf sleeves, arm sleeves. I have an aero helmet only because of a partnership that I had. But otherwise, right now, I've used my aero helmet a few times just for like maybe one main event each year. Otherwise I just use my regular training helmet. So, you know, looking at all the things you just listed, you don't need that. And I would try to use your husband's Wahoo kicker. I think if you have the money investing in your own Wahoo kicker, it really does make for indoor riding that much more enjoyable. If you're going to use an app like Zwift, Trainer Road, Ruby, or Full Gas. But again, it's not necessary for you to have that in order to enjoy the sport, especially if you do live in a warmer climate that you think you're going to ride mostly outdoors anyways. The tri suits, you mentioned that 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 can be, you know, a team related outfit and you can get a little discount. Those are kind of fun. It's a nice investment to have. There's some pride involved wearing colors of fellow team members and they're not that hard. They're, and they're they're designed in in a way where you can hold your gels or some water or things like that. They can come with zippers or no zippers, two pieces, one pieces for men and women for easy, um, you know, taking them off or you know the, the porta potties that kind of thing. And I'm making notes here. You talk about investments, and I'm thinking about um, not luxury items but bonus things. But investments, yeah. Number one, coach. For me, I would put coach, power meter, heart rate monitor. In maybe in that order too, because the mm-hmm. coach is going to help you organize the plan so you're efficient in your training. So you're not just training to train, you're training with purpose. The power meter is very helpful so you can conserve and be efficient on the bike. And that heart rate monitor can go bike and run so you can take care of, of that to avoid any lactic acid buildup and just stay within certain zones. I think those for me would be like, I need to have those if those are the, you know, if I'm going to prioritize, of course, the bike and stuff. Yeah. But I'm just thinking bigger investments, those absolutely. Mm-hmm. The bonuses, which based on Sarah, you're talking about, you know, you're coming back into this and your husband has a lot of these things. I wouldn't worry about aero helmet. You get a good quality helmet, but aero helmet for the time savings may not be worth a couple extra hundred bucks that you have to buy a helmet for. Eh. Uh, sleeves, not necessary. It's kind of one of those luxury things that you can really get real specific and, you know, in the details of how the body works. I'm not sure that, you know, compression sleeves after the fact, maybe, uh, the fancy tri bike, you don't need anything fancy. Just get a bike that fits. And then the Wahoo kicker seems like a, a very, um, a brand related item. You just, you know, get a trainer and I Mm -hmm. think you're good. There's lots of different types of trainers. And then if you had that power meter, then that can be the substitute. If you don't want to go socially, you know, like the kickers and the, full gas and those kind of things, uh, the Stravas, just get on a, a trainer. If you want to avoid these extra costs, yeah. talking about all the bonuses. Yeah, that's great. 
Uh, she has a couple follow-ups here. Sarah says, last time I did these, I was in my late 20s. Now I'm in my early 40s. So yeah, the, the sport has evolved the last uh, decade for you, Sarah. What should I can be uh, considerate what should I be considerate of my older, much heavier, much slower body? What is she saying there? So, yes, you're you're not going to train the same way at age 40 than you did at age 20, especially if you've had a period of time off. When you hit your 40s, and I'm I felt that probably when I got my into my mid 40s and I'm 50, you will find out that you do need more recovery. You don't need as much you won't be able to train as much as you did in your 20s as you do as you age. Um, easy workouts become more critical to include more easy recovery workouts, days off, making sure you're fueling well. Your body, as it ages, may need different types of fuel. And again, I'm not the nutrition expert. That might be another investment that you might want to make is hire um, a registered dietitian who is an expert working with athletes. That might help with fueling. Um, don't worry about your speed. I mean, I think from a speed perspective, you may need to worry about making the cutoffs. I would go into your first race again with the goal of finishing. So worry about the 1.2 mile swim cutoff is an hour and 10 minutes. The 56 mile bike cutoff is an additional four hours, four and a half hours on top of the hour and 10 minutes. So if it only takes you 45 minutes to swim, you kind of bank 25 minutes to use on the bike. And then you have a total of eight hours, maybe it's eight and a half, I can't remember, to complete the run. So I wouldn't worry about speed. I'd worry about, um, Strength, so making sure you're getting in the gym, whether you do triathlon or not, it's important as we age that we do strength workout, making sure you're developing that foundation, that base before you add any type of intensity to make sure your body's ready and it can handle more intense workouts. But I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't worry about the speed aspect. I'd worry about the finishing aspect before you want to get faster. Again, reassess um, how you finish, what your goals may be afterwards, and then you may want to say, okay, how do I get faster? And that's just a, a little bit different type of training and possibly a different type of nutrition. Good questions and uh, great feedback. Thank you, Sarah, for the, uh, the question there. This one from Jeff, I'm currently a marathoner and want to get give strict running a break. I need a bit more variety. I feel burnt out by just running and related training. So my goal is to do my first try in September. Um, I want to do an Olympic distance, but feel extremely overwhelmed on where to start in regards to gear. I want to try to do this on a budget. Any input would be wonderful. You know, whenever I hear that, I want to do this on a budget. Well, what are your goals? You want to do it or you want to do it on a budget? I mean, your, your take on the sport, what does the sport require? Yes, mm -hmm. you can do things on a budget, but don't skimp on, on quality equipment or quality training. I always hear that. I go, gosh, what? you always want to compromise. I want the best, but I don't want to pay a lot. You know what I mean? When you hear those right. things. Yeah. Do again, it's a very subjective word. What a, what a yeah. budget means to, to this, to Jeff may be different than what it means to me or, or to you to do triathlon on a budget. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you need the essentials. You need a, you know, swim cap, swimsuit, goggles, a pool to train in. You may need to pay for a facility to train in a pool. It's important. Um, you may want to invest in a swim analysis 
Um, if you're new to swimming, if you're a marathon runner going into the sport of swimming, I'm going to guess you're, you're going to be a weaker swimmer and you might not understand the breathing component of swimming. And you may get in the water and be like, oh my gosh, I can run a marathon. I can't even swim 25 meters without being breathless. So you may have to invest in some swim lessons locally. Um, and then, you know, running is taken care of a lot of, a lot of athletes that I've coached with marathon running background tend to not want to give up their running miles, even though you said you wanted to cross train more and not just be a, a single sport athlete. It's important that you do give up some running miles and replace those with biking and swimming. And it could be, a, it may be a hard transition for you to do that because you're so used to running. Um, but like I said, you know, investing in spending some time, maybe investing more time than anything on the swim and the bike is going to be an, a, a time investment. It's not a financial investment. Now, I, I gave you a little bit of a hard time here, Jeff. I understand coming from a runner's point of view on uh, a budget because you're not used to spending more than what you have to on shoes and nutrition probably. So it is can it can be overwhelming to go, oh no, I gotta do all three now and I've got a fuel for all three now. And that can be, as Wendy's outlining these things, like it's not just swim, you have to have access to a pool, which means a membership. And if you don't know how to swim, you should probably get someone to help you. That way you're not just doing the wrong thing over and over again and not becoming deficient. And then you gotta get a bike. I understand this can be overwhelming. It's kind of, whenever I hear someone say, oh, I wanna do this on a budget, you're entering the sport of triathlon. You know, there's articles, numerous articles every year about on USA Triathlon Magazine or Triathlete Magazine, whatever it may be, triathlon on a budget. You need to have money to do this sport because there's nothing cheap about, and that's just the equipment. I'm not talking about travel, <laughs> accommodations, right. entry fees, nutrition throughout the year, rehab, massage, depends on what, what you want out of the sport. If you want to participate, you can really do it on a budget. Borrow someone's bike, go running with your shoes, and then don't worry about too much on the, the clothing. Uh, so I'm giving you a little hard time, Jeff, but I know coming from a marathoner to all three sports, yes, overwhelming, but budget is relative. Might want to just like, just pay it. Just do what you got to do. It's a lot to take in. Find a coach, find a local group, and uh, start asking questions from people in that that category. Yeah. So, so really quickly, another thing. So we covered, you know, the swim necessities, the bike, you know, I think, I think investing and budgeting a, a proper bike fit and making sure you're riding something that was made for you and that fits you is an, is something that you should budget. That's something that's a, worthwhile to spend money on. And then you already have, you already have the running stuff. So, um, you know, Dave mentioned a, a club, you can join a local club maybe for maybe for free, maybe for 25 or 50 bucks a year. If you can attend the social gatherings and the group workouts, that might be a worthwhile investment as well. Um, but again, sticking to the basics, you don't, you don't need a power meter. You don't need a lot of special clothing. You're going to need something to train in. You don't need a tri suit. You don't need a wetsuit. But again, it just depends on the race that you're doing. Is it a pool swim? And is it open water swim coming from from, again, coming from a marathon background, you're probably going to want to invest in a wetsuit just because you're an inexperienced swimmer. So there are the basic things you will need to invest in, but you don't need to get overwhelmed by someone who's been in the sport for multiple years who has collected items over the course of, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. You don't need all that. 
if you have some sort of mentor or just a coach, once you start with the top of the pyramid with a coach, everything else will fall into place right. because they'll put you in the right place to succeed. If you go out there, if you have the time to research it online, if you have the time to do the trial and error, great. But get someone who's been there, done that. That way you don't waste your valuable time on, sure, you're a runner, but does marathon running is it the same as you know a 10K after a, a 25 mile bike? It's not quite the same. There's gonna be a difference. So you think you can run marathons, which you can, but there's a difference getting off the bike after you know two and a half, three hours and thinking, oh, my legs, what happened? Oh, they're a little heavier than usual. Why is that? Well, I hope your coach told you what to expect. If you don't have a coach, then it's gonna be a, a rude awakening. Right. A 10K after riding a 40K is different than the last 10K of a marathon. It feels different. This question from Jason. Hey, Wendy. I completed Ironman Lake Placid in July, and I've taken six weeks off. I'm feeling ready to get back into training and considering training for a spring marathon. What are your thoughts on a run-focused or multi-sport-focused marathon plan this winter? Well, I think at this day and age, a multi-sport focused marathon plan is the way to go. And that multi-sport focused plan is not necessarily a triathlon related plan. If you're going to, if you're going to follow a running pro running marathon plan, it will include and suggest cross training. Your cross training could be swimming and biking if you want it to be, or your cross train, you might not really want to be multi-sport since you just trained for, um, an Ironman, you might be ready to say, you know what, I just want to focus on running and not swimming and biking. But again, focusing on running should include some strength training, mobility, flexibility, core, and all that, which would bring it to bring it up to that multi-sport definition of a training plan. So it really just depends um, on your goal as well. You know, do you want to, if you want to like do a certain marathon time, personal record, then probably, you know, the single sport focused running plan that includes some strength training is the way to go. And then if you want to add any other sports, you can, as long as it's not replacing the running details of the running training for that day. Good question, Jason. This one from Monique. Hi, Wendy. I finished my final race of the season and plan to take a few weeks off to recover and then get a gym membership to focus on strength training and swimming, my weakest discipline of the three. Can you guide me on how to rebuild my strength? I've never completed uh, much. I've never completed much in the past and understand the benefits. So give it a try. Also looking at your out of season swim programs on training peaks. Cool. Thanks, Monique. So when it comes to any strength program for anyone, whether you're an experienced um, person in the weight room or not, you always want to restart a new program with stability and mobility. Um, we have a lot of YouTube videos when I'm talking about this, but since you're going to belong to a gym, I would take advantage. Most gyms will offer you a one hour, maybe more uh, personal training session. I think that's really good to take advantage of that so they can um, start you off on a program. They can show you correct form and technique because execution is so critical. And if you don't really have much of a background using dumbbells, barbells, free weights, straps, bands, it's worthwhile to have someone help you with form and execution. So that's where I would start. 
And then over the course of your program, you know, you, you might want to change amount of sets, reps, amount of weight about every eight weeks. So you stick with something, you find your five or six exercises. You know, I would do a squat, a hinge, a push, a pull, and something for your abs. And then you start with lightweight and you kind of go through that for about eight weeks. And then you'll be like, okay, I'm ready for maybe more strength. So then you, you add more weight, decrease the amount of reps you do. So there's a lot of ways to go about it. And, um, I'm going to refer you to the YouTube videos where we kind of go more in depth with, um, the progression of a strength program for a multi-sport athlete. And there's quite a bit of, of content on our YouTube channel. Just type in endurance hour. You'll find it over 2000 videos. Uh, it's easy to find. Plus we include things in our newsletter that have links to the YouTube channel. So once you take that link, you know where you are. A uh, little update on the newsletter. How does it newsletter work? And what do people get when they go to endurancehour.com and sign up? So when you sign up for the newsletter, we send it out on Mondays and thir Fridays, Mondays and Fridays. Um, you will get links to our partners, discount codes. I usually include like a quote, quote motivational quote of the week. Um, we'll update you on the podcast. I'll try to share some motivational, inspirational articles, educational articles, educational videos um, about kind of questions that athletes ask and kind of what's what's happening at certain times of the year, certain seasons of the year. As we approach September, um, it's a good time to reflect on your season. So our upcoming newsletter is going to include an article on reflection. And we've been, you know, kind of talking already in our newsletter as well as our Facebook group about out of season programs, off season, kind of the same thing. Um, and we kind of kind of summarize everything in our newsletter just as a little reminder, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> also, the the Mondays was the discount email, correct? Correct. All the discounts. Um, on the T2 Endurance Club group page, which we have 726 members and you just have to, uh, it's a private group, so you have to answer a couple of questions so we know that you're real. Um, you posted this question, if you were to, to describe your athletic dreams and desires to a friend over dinner, what would you say? What, where'd this question come from and what would you say, Wendy? <laughs> forgot, forgot I posted that. <laughs> um, I recently i can't even i don't even remember where i saw it i may have saw it in a different group yeah or maybe in a different newsletter and so i thought it was a really good question to post in our group and kind of get people's responses um what would i say maybe what would you have said you know 20 years ago and then what would you say now or something along those lines well so the question is if you were to describe your athletic dreams and desires to a friend over dinner. What would those have been years ago, Wendy? To go to the Olympics. Go to the Olympics. In triathlon, in something else, swimming? In, in triathlon. So okay. when I started triathlon in 1992, um, and I moved to Colorado from Michigan, I was, you know, by the Olympic, a couple hour drive, but I was near the Olympic Training Center. And I was so young, I was doing really well. My age group, I started at age 19, I believe. So when I was in that 18 to 24 age group, it was a very small age group, and I was doing really well. And living close to the Olympic Training Center, I'm like, oh, I wonder what it would take to be able to train at the Olympic Training Center and be a professional and go to the Olympics one day. And back then, a triathlon was not an Olympic sport, but that was still my dream at that young age was to go to the Olympics in triathlon. And then in 1990, 
five, I qualified for the Ironman in Kona and I didn't even know what the Ironman in Kona was. So then it became, I want to qualify again and actually go to the Ironman by the time I'm 24. And so when I was 24 years old, I did qualify for the Ironman and I actually went, I didn't go the first time I qualified. And so those were, those were like the two big things back when I started is, is the Ironman and going to the Olympics. Mm. And do you remember, is it 2000, I believe it was for Sydney, right? Our, our first triathlon Olympics. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. I was living in St. Louis, Missouri at the time, and I would just started, tri- well, I started triathlon in 98. And, and I remember who I was with and, and watching the Olympics and being so excited because I had just been a couple of years into the sport and thinking how cool it was. I didn't have any aspirations, but it was just fun to see our sport on the world stage there uh-huh. and how cool that was and the momentum it was building. Um, and then how have those dreams and desires evolved since, because you've been to Kona a number of times, you've, you've succeeded at very high levels. You've gone in different directions endurance wise. Um, I know there's, uh, <laughs> you're recovering from the, the knee surgery, but, um, where, where are the dreams and desires now as, as you age and as your body changes? So the dreams and the desires. Okay. First of all, let's, let's go to, let's fast forward to 2008. The dream of, of winning Kona, that, that was actually never a dream of mine. The year I won Kona in 2008, my goal that year was to make the podium and in the podium was top five in your age group. That was, that was another dream and desire was I want to be on the mm. stage in Kona. And I happened to win the Ironman that year as an amateur. Um, but that was again, never really, I, I never really, that was, that really wasn't the end result. The end result was coming out of the water first and making podium. Um, but then over the years, you know, I transferred into, or I, I, I used my sport and I got more into ultra running, trail running. And so my focus became more on trail running. My dream and desire now with trail running is to do the UTMB, the world championship of hundred miler. <laughs> um, it, that was my dream over the years as I got into ultras, you know, the past three years, I'm like, oh my God, I want to qualify for the, the world championship in France. And now as I'm recovering from knee surgery, you know, my, I just, I just want to be able to run again. I can't go beyond just wanting to run again. I I'm not into any events. I'm not into anything other than I want to be able to run again. I can't go past that right now. And then you'll pick something else to exceed, uh, succeed at, at a, at a master's level. Yeah, I will. And I just, you know, I don't know what that will be because I don't know what running is going to be like. Cause this has never happened to me. I've had, I've, I'm going on 24 weeks post-op. I've never had that much time off before. And so trying to run right now is very difficult for me. Um, I just don't have that quad strength yet. I'm, it's getting stronger. I just, every time I try to run, I, there's just still that weakness in the vastus medialis primarily. And I know, you know, again, the next six months are going to be so much more active than the first six months post-surgery. And so I think once I find out what my running will be like when I am running, then I'll be able to set my sights on certain events if that's where I want to go with it. I just can't say for sure. It's so hard for me mm-hmm, to say. Mm-hmm. 
I think for for me, it's it's they've been time goals is more of any kind of desires or athletic. What was the exact wording of this? Uh, athletic dreams and desires. Well, early on in in high school, it was well any kind of or during high school, just I wanted to be an athlete of some kind. I didn't know exactly where I would excel, but I've always wanted to be an athlete of some kind or athlete coach teacher growing up. And football was a big one growing up thinking. I wanted to be, for those way back when, uh, I wanted to be like a Steve Largent. He was a receiver, my height, my size for the mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's a regular guy who did well. And then as I got older, and then I thought, oh, I could possibly do it as a short, <laughs> a short somewhat guy in, you know, college. But then just finances weren't there to go to the right schools, didn't have this that kind of support. And then I then I started playing soccer, but I didn't think that soccer was going to be anything greater than college. And then I just started doing my career stuff. But then once I entered triathlon, that was the new sport. That was the new mm-hmm. fun thing to do. But I didn't really have any desires like, oh, I'll be the fastest because I felt like I was a late bloomer. Got into it in 98, so I was 20, 26 years old. And I my body type doesn't really fit. I'm a stockier more muscular built person. So if I would have done it, I would have done it earlier and I wouldn't have gotten so much muscle mass for mm-hmm. a soccer player and a football player. That's why, I mean, I built myself up for certain sports, right? It wouldn't have made, I wouldn't have done that if triathlon was an early aspiration, right. but as I got older, it would be a time goal. But as I got older career, family, really changed the availability and the desire and the time necessary to achieve some of these goals. And so it's like, ah, crap, didn't work out with certain time because I couldn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't willing or couldn't or didn't, uh, sacrifice or was disciplined enough to put the necessary time in to get those time goals. Right. And, you know, the time goals. So when I going back to my story about wanting to train at the Olympic Training Center, there were time back then there were time standards. And that was kind of like how you went, how you were able to go pro is you had to do a certain swim time, bike time, run time. And I was pretty close to all three. I didn't what I was lacking was direction, mentorship, coaching. I, I just didn't have that that person by my side to say, yes, we believe in you. Go for it. This is we're going to help you get there. Because mm-hmm. all I had was like online applications. I reached out to some professionals in Boulder. I was living in Fort Collins, Colorado. And then I just kind of, I guess it wasn't, I didn't have a strong why, but who, who what was a strong why back then? I, you di- I didn't know you had to have a strong why. Huh. And I just kind of let it go. I just yeah. kind of got involved. I was doing, I was like, I'm fine where I'm at. I just kind of let it go. I don't have any regrets with that, but it, I, I think about it, you know, thinking about it right now, like, oh my God, what if? I went to the Olympic Training Center and I was accepted as an athlete there and I lived and trained at the Olympic Training Center. Oh my gosh, my life would be totally different. I visited uh, at least the outdoors. It was a, it was it was closed when I went there. I went to Colorado Springs um, with a friend. I think it was 99 mm-hmm. or so to visit Colorado just for a, a vacation. And I remember having a picture taken outside the flags mm-hmm. of the Olympic Training Center and hearing how cool that was to go inside and what it was like for an athlete. Because I'm still very much athletic and, and training, uh, mm-hmm. like physically kind of training and stuff, but I would, nothing with great focus, but like, that was a neat place to think that something was dedicated to just high level athletes. Cause I didn't, didn't really know that, um, early on in mm-hmm. my life. 
So right. that's like, oh my gosh, you can go almost like go to school to be an athlete. These right. guys were just, they lived on campus. They lived and trained. That seemed like a cool life growing up. Cause I was, I'm a three sport athlete growing up and then thinking, oh, go to college, do some college sports. And this was still like, wow, you could do that. That was neat. Yeah. So I, for one last dream or desire as, as I age is depends. And it really depends. You know, I've got some other physical goals that I want to do physically to, you know, lose and trim and, and be in, in shape is like I, based on my kids is, is there's other goals based on my age groups. You know, as much as I, I'm putting triathlon on the back burner right now, there are things in the back of my head, the back of my, you know, the back burner, like, ah, if I, once I get to maybe 55, that might be a time to rekindle the fire. If, uh, if, if time allows and depends on where, what my kids are doing for their sports, because it's not, it's not that big of it. It's not that important to me, right. um, because the kids are way more important. It's so, so cool to have them do things and support them. It's like, uh, I've done a lot of things. I'm, I'm good. You know, if I don't do another thing, I'm good. Uh, cause I'm a late, late father too. So, mm-hmm. But there are there, there are some potential goals of of times and qualifying as I get older, just to outlast outlast the age group is what it, the goal kind That's of awesome. the goal is. Yeah. Um, there was one other thing that you posted inside the group, and I think it was about a a bike ride goal or a 400 mile challenge of indoor riding. What is that? Right. So every year, this is my fourth year. I take part in what's called a great cycle challenge. It's to raise money for kids cancer research to end the end kids cancer. And so every year, like I started at a hundred miles with a hundred dollar fundraising goal, then 200, 200, 300, 300. This year I wasn't going to do the challenge. And then I'm like, well, why not? I'm, I'm healthy enough. I do, I do want to get back into biking. So that's kind of like my motivation to say, I got to get back on my bike. And so my goal this year is to ride 400 miles during the month of September and raise $400 for cancer research. And so they provide you with a fundraising page. I created an event on Facebook and I have my whole like fundraising page. 100% of what people donate goes to kids cancer research. A very organized group. Um, That's kind of why I kind of got sucked in again because it's so organized and they, they, they support you so much. They want you to achieve your goal, your cycling goal, as well as, you know, raise money. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. And I do most of my riding indoors because it's safer and I can accumulate more hours, more miles in an hour indoors than I can outdoors right now because my fitness and strength is not at the level it has been in past years. And so I'm like, you know what, if I don't reach 400 miles, I'm okay with that. I'm just glad to be kind of in this, I have a reason to bike besides my rehab. And then I just hope to raise the the $400 or more. I, usually every year I end up with more than what my goal is. This, and uh, can you include that link somehow in the newsletter? Yes, so I people will. Can donate. It sure. says the goal is to reach 400, but you have 48 days left. I, that could have been a post that I posted maybe in August because the, the challenge, it starts September oh, 1st. Okay. So okay. it may have been something that I posted as a, Hey, this is what I'm getting ready to do. Okay. Yeah. Cause I clicked on the link to the Facebook donate page. Yeah. And it said $108 left to reach 448 days left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Sweet. 
well, the Great Cycle Challenge and go to my page, Wendy Mater, and you'll be able to donate. Well, with that, we'll wrap up episode 407 of the podcast. Some interesting topics and I think hopefully some valuable information for those of you who are wondering about budgets, about training, what to include, what not to include to prioritize your investments in the sport and some off-season ideas as well. So thank you very much for that. Uh, final thoughts or plans for the weekend from Coach uh, Wendy? No, you know, I'm just, I'm pretty um, low-key these days. I'm, I'm hitting 24 weeks tomorrow post-surgery. I'm going for a hike. I'm going for a sunrise hike mm. at Kennesaw Mountain. I'm throwing it out there. Um, you know, again, I had a setback for, for a few weeks cause my left knee hurt and that limited what I could do with both my legs, but my left knee's feeling pretty good. I, I stayed strong to my rehab and my strength training. That's like my priority. I wake up every morning and I get so excited. Literally. I'm just so excited to, to get to the gym because I'm, I'm making some progress there and I'm going to go hike Kennesaw mountain tomorrow to celebrate. Excellent. It's, it's it's a mile, it's a mile up and a mile down, and we'll probably add another mile so I could at least do a 5K. 500 so feet of elevation gain in a mile. One weekend at a time. One weekend at a time. I used to do it one, at one time. I've done 10 repeats up that mountain. Mm. <laughs> Not tomorrow, though. Start with one, and then let's take it from there. I just don't want my knees to hurt. I want to be able to walk down. I'm going to take my poles just in case, but my goal is to not use my poles up or down. It's so funny to think about where I am now and where I used to be. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, have a great week of training, racing, or recovery. We'll see you back here next time. Adios. Adios. Mm -hmm.